0: What if they don't want to work? Like, <laughs> okay, that might be a possibility. Couple things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> One, if they don't want to work ever, then they probably shouldn't work for you.
0: Yeah, salon owners, you still have power of what happens in your business. Yeah. Hi everyone, I'm Sid Charisse, and
1: I'm David Bosher,
0: and you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast,
1: where we teach you to salon differently. Hey, everyone. Have you heard of Karg Shears? As a cutting specialist, they're now the only shears that I use. Their patent-pending zero-gravity tension system makes cutting easy and effortless. Karg slide technology creates zero drag in the hair, which makes my job 100 times easier. Karg has shears for wet and dry cutting and shears for all of our lovely lefties. Besides making amazing shears, they provide their clients with supreme white glove service for shear maintenance and repair. Tap the link in our episode description to unlock a permanent 20% off all of your Carg Shear purchases. Let's face it, one of the most ignored aspects of our industry is business insurance.
0: Which is why we have teamed up with Guild, G-I-L-D.
1: Whether you're looking to open a salon and need property insurance or you're starting your own LLC, Guild Insurance offers fully customized solutions.
0: Guild is shifting the insurance space by offering new methods to keep your business respected and protected.
1: With Guild Insurance, you can salon differently while you embrace new and improved business practices.
0: To learn more about business insurance for creatives, visit yourguild.com DTH. Raise your hand if you have felt personally victimized by ripping box tags and saving them in a container only to have to count them at the end of your day or on your day off to put together a color order that comes up short. We all have, which is why SalonScale has made this easy. The SalonScale app will keep track of all of our color used down to the drop and give you a suggested color order list. No more underordering, no more overordering. Head to salonscale.com slash DTH to see why thousands have joined the SalonScale movement. Use code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off.
1: So today we're talking about freedom. Yeah. Which is, in my opinion, like a no-brainer
0: topic. It's a really hard topic for people to grasp. And it's funny because this is the number one thing that people want. Like, all the time.
1: All people in the world.
0: One of the biggest complaints we get from salon owners, because we hear a lot of, we get a lot of pain emails where people are like, I'm struggling, I'm suffering, I'm losing my business, I I can't get anybody to work for me. You know, commissioned salon owners that are just not doing well. And one of the biggest things they say is everyone is in booth rental and they won't work for a commissioned salon. And so...
1: And why is that? Yeah. (laughs) Because there's no freedom.
0: Absolutely. Well, what's one of the one things that people want in a, like, in, what's one of the reasons they go to booth rental?
1: They want control over their schedule. Absolutely. That's the number one.
0: You mean they don't want to be micromanaged as an adult? (laughs) And they want to be able to just take off and go to the beach if they want?
1: I feel like hairdressers got into this business either consciously or unconsciously because you weren't at a desk all day. You weren't, it wasn't a clock in, clock out situation. And then... The corporate salon kind of took over, and it was like now you work. Wait, nine let's to five. rephrase that.
0: Corporate product companies took <laughs> over.
1: <laughs> yes, product companies took over our industry. They made salons very corporate, and it was it turned into a nine to five job.
0: Listen, I'm not mad about that movement because I think it was just such a shift in balance, like. Our industry started as being something more as a necessity. It turned in, you know, in the '70s, really into an even the '50s, '60s into an art form. And then, obviously, big corporations were like, "Oh, we can like maximize on these hairdressers." Which, as a business perspective, I'm like, "That's brilliant." Well, it was kind <laughs> of like
1: early influencers. Absolutely, they were like, "Oh, we can put beauty products in hair salons."
0: You can be a Wella hairstylist. You can be an Aveda hairstylist. You can be, which was, which was great. Right. I remember when I was. You can get
1: the made up certificate printed off of Canva. Well,
0: I remember when I was younger, my (laughs) dream was to be a platform artist for these big brands. Right. But as you know, so it was great to put in a business structure into these salons, but it went so far to the other side that it was just like impossible. And now it's so far that there's no wiggle room because now our industry only knows one way of doing things. Right.
1: I think when you think about freedom, I think people also assume it means anarchy. Yeah. Like if you give people freedom, they're not going to work. Yeah. And that's probably my favorite thing to talk about too when it comes to freedom. When we help commission salons gain more flexibility, we will tell them, let your stylists choose their own schedule. There mm-hmm. doesn't need to be this like tight schedule that's confirmed. It can you can have chairs and then there can be people that use those chairs when they're working. And I'm sure people listening are like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> but um work with your coach, work with a coach, work with us to figure that out how that works for you. But in general, the idea is that if a stylist you know wants to work or they don't want to work or they want to call out or they want to have a mental health day that they have the freedom to do that, but they also have the responsibility for Cleaning that mess up. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're managing their schedules for them. They're managing it. When I think about why everyone went to rental, it was because they didn't want to be told what to do. But if you think about it, rental is actually less freedom.
0: Ah, absolutely. Right? Like because you're running your own business.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like, I want to be in charge of my schedule. But then you're like, oh, well, now I'm in ch- actually in yeah. charge of everything.
0: Everything. The in, in income of money. Inventory. The, everything. Like rent, responsibilities, you know. So a lot of people still want that, but they don't want all the responsibilities of being, you know, in charge of a business. And I think why this can be so triggering to our industry when we talk about this is because um, it's hard to wrap your head around the how. And I think – I think people think that we tell our salons to do this, they do it, and it works, right? And we have this magical wand.
1: I think people are like, they have a template. Yeah. You get the template. No, no, no. And that template doesn't work for me. I, I think wish that's we had a template
0: a- sometimes. but the reality is it's months of coaching this consciousness. It's months of going through fear. Sometimes salons will lose a stylist because they're like, the stylist isn't ready for this shift. But once the dust settles and they hire the appropriate people that want to be involved in their business, it thrives and it blows up and it it starts to create real profit. and that's that's what we're seeing through this. and I, I think, you know, another reason why it can be triggering is because, Our industry is so black and white, like there's no freaking gray. And we're saying the way you're doing business isn't wrong, but like, this is also a different way to do it. Like we're the gray in between of the black and white.
1: People don't like that.
0: No. I just got a new customized booking website. That's genius. Yeah. Gloss genius.
1: Gloss genius has one of the lowest processing fees in the industry at 2.6% with no hidden fees and free same day deposits.
0: DTH listeners get their first month free on us, as well as your very own stunning credit card reader, an $80 value. To sign up, visit dth.glossgenius.com.
1: When we're talking about freedom in the salon industry, we're not really talking just about stylists. We're also talking about the salon owner. Absolutely. Because once you give freedom to the stylist, the salon owner makes the assumption that, well, now I have to do everything. But it's actually... Freedom with responsibility. The stylists have more freedom, but the responsible, like you can get the car at 16, you can drive the car at 16. If you speed, you're gonna pay the consequences of speeding yeah. in the car at 16.
0: They are our, our industry treats um treats a lot of hairstylists like children, right? Like yeah. as you would as a parent, where children don't have the freedoms as an adult. And then it creates adult children. <laughs> in a working environment.
1: Adult children.
0: And it becomes really toxic, right? And so what we find is a lot of saloners spend more, you know, we ask them, like, what do you spend your time on? And most of the things that they spend their time on are dealing with communications with emails, micromanaging their team, you know, scheduling, all of these things.
1: If you haven't listened to our front desk episode.
0: You have to. Go back.
1: They also deal with the front desk nonsense, which they think is helping them. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's really just taking up a lot of their time. But when someone says freedom in a salon and they think anarchy, one of the things that we want to point out is that when you give people freedom to charge what they want to charge, Mm -hmm. schedule with clients they want to schedule, cancel days, move days, the number one thing that we hear is, well, if I let people work whenever they want, they'll never work.
0: Yes. I was going to say, people listening to this right now are thinking that. What, what, what if they don't want to work? Like, <laughs> Okay. That might be a possibility. A couple things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> One, if they don't want to work ever, then they probably shouldn't work for you. Yeah. And you're allowed to let people go.
0: Remember, salon owners, you still have power of what happens in your business. Yeah.
1: If people don't want to show up to work, replace them.
0: Exactly. We also have to assume that people— People do want to work. Yeah, we have to stop assuming people don't want to work. They do want to work.
1: <laughs> During, after the pandemic, every person over the age of forty-five is like nobody wants to work. Yeah, because unemployment. Yeah, and let me just tell you, that's not true. No, it's unemployment. Living on unemployment is not a lovely feeling. And so, yes, they may get more money on unemployment, but it no one feels good sitting at home collecting money they didn't fully earn. Yeah. So you've got when you say people don't want to work, that's kind of a cop out.
0: Also, we should ask ourselves: Why is the government during a financial aid opportunity paying more than they can make behind the chair? Like, what's the yeah? Issue? Where's the real Are we problem not here? Allowing them to raise their prices?
1: Yeah, Are, if the government can pay you more than what you make
0: with unemployment, The problem
1: yeah. is that you don't. The industry is not paying properly,
0: mm-hmm. which is true. Which is true. The other thing I hear all the time is well, we can't just allow stylists to raise their prices to whatever they want. And there is a point of that that is true. And one of the biggest pushbacks that we get is a reflection in talent and what they're offering at that price point. Because you always have this one person that's like, I'm going to charge 500 bucks. And you know, good for them that they have the confidence and not the skill level to do that because some people <laughs> that do have the skill level can't even charge appropriately. Right. So I love that. But this is where salon owners are missing their most important. This is the most important thing salon owners need to do is lead their team and coach their team. Right. Instead, they're focused on micromanaging the front desk. They're focused on all these other things that aren't their job.
1: (laughs) But also, I think in the big picture, like, why can't they charge $500? Yeah. Like, and when we're judging talent and all that. like Oh,
0: because it's a lot of times salon owners are like, because it's more than me. Oh. They're charging more than me, and With, I'm the owner. Right. I want
1: my team to charge Yeah, more. if you own a business and your team is charging more than you, you've done it properly. You've won because
0: Won the salon game. you're eventually going to stop doing hair to the capacity that you did when you were a hairstylist now that oh, you're running a business.
1: whole other topic of saloners that don't to want the to the stop list. doing hair.
0: Add it to the <laughs> list of topics. But But that's the thing, too. It's like your job is to coach them on – okay, well, if you want to charge that much, this is where I still think you're lacking in the technical range. Like, what can we do this year to focus on building that technical skill so that you can charge that much? But instead, I just they don't, say you're not charging that.
1: I just don't believe that there's – okay, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Yeah. <laughs> if you can charge $500, whether you're good or you're bad or whatever someone thinks about your skill and you and people are going to pay you,
0: yeah. Well, we've we've also just seen fucking it charge it. in multiple cities that we've worked in.
1: New York City probably is the number one place that we see it.
0: I mean, that was one of the examples, but <laughs> there was someone we knew a long time ago that just needed to make rent. We've talked about it before, <laughs> and just charged his client randomly five hundred dollars for
1: like charged every client a random amount of number just just to, make to cover rent.
0: rent for that day. Was
1: not a great hairdresser,
0: but that's the thing too. We
1: but people loved this person.
0: Yeah. People love their- I'm pretty sure he could
1: just say, can you give me $1,700 for rent? And they'd be like, yep. Yeah. Like that was the level- Let me help you. Yeah. He He was not a great hairdresser. He wasn't a bad hairdresser. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say like-
0: When I think about someone charging $500. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But in fact, everyone I know that charges $500 in New York City- isn't that great. Yeah. What what's great about them is their brand and they're aware and people who know them and Well,
0: I'm seeing this in other states too because of influence on right. social media. Like even in really small towns people are charging 3 400 dollars an hour.
1: But I think if you're in that if you're in demand, that's how supply and demand works. Yeah. I don't have enough time, so I need to start charging more for my time mm-hmm. to whittle out the people that, you know, really want to work with me.
0: Yeah.
1: I think in our industry too like giving people freedom to charge whatever they want it gets really like people get really weird about it like well what about people that can't afford it or you're marginalizing it's like people can't afford a Bosch dishwasher Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and Bosch isn't like well how do we make this more affordable like why is our industry so crazy about making things affordable it's not affordability is not uh, like up to me or you if you want to get back to a community that's Different,
0: which you should in your business. That's we we teach our students that the more money you can make, the more you can give back to the community. Yeah, the more you can give your time. Please don't
1: stay in. You know, if the average hairdresser is making thirty thousand dollars or less, and then you want to give back, like you don't have enough money to give back.
0: Mm -hmm. Depending on the state that you're living in, that's that you're living in poverty at that point. So it's you know you minimizing yourself and then still trying to take on. Everything that has increased, like products have increased, foils, rent, even rent in homes, you know, everything has increased. So we have to start thinking, like, you got into this business to be profitable, and you should create massive amounts of profit so that you can give back to the communities that do need assistance. And I think that's the piece that people are missing. They're keeping themselves in a state of, let me keep myself low so that I can— you know, help any community that's in poverty. And that's not how you help them.
1: I have a student who I work with. I've worked with her for a long time. And her biggest thing is wanting to take care of people and giving back and working with the homeless and working with those who can't afford haircuts. And it took a long time to help her realize that until you're making so much money that it doesn't harm your income to do this, like that it's not It's not charitable. Mm -hmm. It's more out of guilt or
0: emotionally discounting
1: all those things, and so it was really hard for her to actually take a step back from that part and then grow her wealth, Mm -hmm. which is thank God what we did in the last year. And now instead of just like doing the manual labor of like I did a haircut for someone who couldn't afford it, which is nice, now I can give to charities that actually that's what they do. Yeah, right. I can give to charities that take care of people in a bigger way. Yeah, and. It took a while to help her understand that. But for anyone listening, like when you're giving to charity, it's not necessarily about what you do, it's about who you can give to that can do more than you. Yeah. It's like people who uh they do like canned goods. Mm-hmm. That's nice, but it's actually more beneficial just to give that company money because yeah. they can go buy canned goods from the wholesaler. Mm-hmm. So they can get more
0: yeah.
1: for than what you can get. Yeah. So it's kind of just like thinking a little bit bigger than just
0: absolutely and I think I think that's the thing we've kind of gone off topic but who cares whatever it's our podcast um, freedom. <laughs> but, freedom just say freedom every couple free- <laughs> sentences <laughs> but that that's the thing there's freedom in that too right because like that's the idea you are not free to help any community that needs assistance if you are now putting yourself in a space where you're part of that community because you're giving yourself away
1: well, it's like the plight of a millennial. Like I have to now take care of every single community at all times, and there's only twenty four hours in a day. Yeah. So you, and if you're not making a great hourly rate mm-hmm. every hour, you can't really give. Yeah. If you're not receiving.
0: Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie.
1: Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results.
0: Reverie is made intentionally in California, paying attention to detail at every stage of the process. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle.
1: Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson and continues to be a family owned and operated business to this day.
0: Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie.
1: Going back to all, going all the way back, <laughs> all. The, let's rewind. I think when people hear about freedom, they think rental. Yeah. But I want to talk a little bit about why rental is. Enticing? Well, <laughs> I can't say this word. It's the antithesis
0: mm. of freedom. Got it.
1: It's the complete opposite of freedom. <laughs> why? Why would you say rental is actually the opposite of freedom?
0: It has the illusion of freedom. There we go. It has the illusion of freedom because you're by yourself. You make your own decisions. Where I feel like it's not free, maybe this is where you're going with this, is that you are now responsible for all of the things that in a commission salon you did not have to be responsible yeah. for.
1: For example, you're scheduling everybody. You're moving people around. You're in charge of checking them in, cashing them out. You're in charge of making sure all your – back. I think the number one thing that sucks is back bar.
0: Yeah. A Having to bar? run
1: and go get shit for your clients. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, some people are really good at rental. They are. And more power to you. It, yeah. Again, this is part of the it's not black and white. It's gray. We're not saying there's anything wrong with rental. If you're thriving and you love it, if you own, a,
1: If you're a renter, your next step is actually to open a salon. Absolutely. That's a different topic. Mm-hmm. What we want on commission salons to understand is that people are leaving for freedom. So we can just... Apply those same things to commission salons. Yeah. And that just like,
0: if someone blows would have told mind. me that I could make, I would get a paycheck every week. I could come and go as I pleased. I could set my own prices. I could create my own schedule. I could Can have
1: unlimited days off.
0: Unlimited days off, which the reality is we never use them. <laughs> like, In
1: fact, what we found is that when you give people unlimited days off, they work more. Yeah. Because there's not this looming sense of when is my next day off.
0: Mm hmm. Absolutely.
1: Or how do I, you know, I need a two-week vacation. Two-week vacation. The People would just take two-week vacations once a year. Mm-hmm. There is a whole article about an Australian who moved to America, and she worked in corporate in Australia where they get, like, three months off. Oh, yeah. She was talking about how, like—
0: My friend in Denmark gets so much time off that I'm like, you're always on vacation.
1: <laughs> and so this woman came from Australia to America, and she was, like, asking about— like she's like i'm gonna need you know three weeks to go back home and i'm gonna i'm gonna be two weeks and they were like you get two weeks off a year and she wrote a whole article like she couldn't believe she's like i thought this was like the land i thought for sure there'd be more freedom here and it's just interesting because like when we think of freedom we think of like rights like yeah that which is important yeah (laughs) um but australia has like more of those rights too. So, yeah. but when she came over, it was just the assumption of like, I thought life would be better here. Yeah. And really quickly realized.
0: Don't even get me started on maternity leave. That could be a whole other podcast. That's a
1: whole episode of.
0: But that's the thing too. It's like why pandemic gave us so many valuable lessons that were forced upon us. And we've forgotten all of them. Like one of my students is taking a month off because she gets it. She's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to be, Thriving in January, I'm gonna be thriving in March, you know? Like mm-hmm. my I've scheduled myself so that those four weeks I will see my clients before and after, they're all gonna be okay. And she's taking the whole month off to honestly work on her brand, her YouTube channel, her presence on social media because it takes time. She wants to go on vacation. And I'm like, why why are we not doing that?
1: <laughs> For all the salons out there that have a month, like either in the summer or the winter where it's really slow, you can just close. Mm-hmm. You don't need to
0: People probably just turned off the podcast. Probably you just don't like, need
1: to be op- off. Done. I had, I have one salon that's like we basically are gonna cl- we're closing for December. Mm-hmm. I think they work like one week in December, and they're like, yeah, we're closing. People celebrate Hanukkah, they celebrate Kwanzaa, they celebrate Christmas, and instead of just trying to like manage that, it's just like, no, we're yeah. closed for December. And everyone I've worked with this year, it's not that they're not busy. It's that November was really busy, and for some reason, like December. Was not. Yeah. It's everything is messed up now, schedule wise. And yeah. i like, messed up is not the word. Well, then everybody changed. still says,
0: well, you know, what if no one's working in December? It's busy season. Your whole year should be busy season. Yeah. Busy season is based off of when you decide your clients are coming. Like,
1: right. busy there,
0: season for people could be in the summer.
1: There shouldn't be a busy season.
0: Mm-hmm. The goal of your. I also think it's an illusion because you, when you really look at the numbers, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's not. Elevated. People are in such a system where they're six yeah. weeks, eight weeks. You know, it's just hitting in those markers.
1: A lot of times we when we coach people, we find that they because we do hourly pricing and because they have all these freedoms, they actually have less on their book. Mm-hmm. And then they're, you know, because the busyness is gone, and then, you know, you'll what are your numbers? Yeah. Oh, we actually made more than yeah. last year at this time or last month at this time. And it's because it's not about we're trying to get hairdressers out of this, like, busyness mindset. Like, mm-hmm. I just got to keep going and going and going.
0: Or the idea of, like, I have to be slammed working seven days a week before vacation and then slammed working seven days a week after vacation. Right. <laughs>
1: I'm going to make up yeah. those hours. There's no making up time. It's That's not a thing. You can't make up time. But going back to the renters, I think what we've found, too, is that a lot of renters will email us mm-hmm. saying – I've been in chair rental for the last 10 years.
0: I'm freaking over it.
1: it. Yeah, it's been great. I'm over it. I'm lonely. I'm bored. I don't know what's next. Like, that's really what I want to go
0: back to team-based, but I don't I don't want to go back to a toxic commission salon.
1: Yeah, they'll say, like, I want to work for salons that work with DTH, which we now have the directory on our website. But also I want to, you know, or maybe I want to open a salon. A lot of renters come to us because at a certain point they're like, what is after this? Yeah, And I like those people because... They already have this idea of freedom, and they can take that into their new space. Mm -hmm. And if they want to do a commission salon, really bring that forward.
0: Yeah. I love it. So the whole point of this whole podcast, just start opening your mind to the idea of freedom. Yeah. Just, what if? I think what's funny, people get really triggered by this, and that's okay. Like, we're definitely shaking up the concept (laughs) of what a salon looks like and what we've always been told and and do. But I think just start thinking of what it would look like if you could. What would it? What would happen if you did? What would, if you shift this here, if we did give more time off or, you know, start implementing just little tweaks and see what happens. I think the
1: big, if you want to start with what if, it's what if I gave everyone unlimited days off mm-hmm. for mental health, for vacation.
0: Well, first off, they probably wouldn't use it at all but at first because they wouldn't, They'd be like, this is a trick.
1: (laughs) Every salon, yes. Every stylist that works for a DTH salon, they don't take advantage of it because for a long time they're like, I don't think it's real. Yeah. I don't think I'm allowed to do that. I would say that's the first thing just to kind of like grapple with and like Mm -hmm. play out the scenarios in your mind. And if you come down to the fact that you're like, my team will not work, I know them, Mm -hmm. then then we need to figure out why you hired people that don't want to work. Yeah. Because even if you make them work, That's still going to cause issues.
0: Yeah. Then you're putting the chains back on, right?
1: (sighs) Relinquish the chains, yeah. Listen
0: to removing your front task. Yeah, go back. it kind of is the action plan to how freedom works, so. Yep.
1: All right, that's all we got. (laughs) (laughs) Next time
0: on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. If we have true desire for something nothing will stop us from getting through all four phases. But if that desire isn't true or it's not right for us or it's not really something that we're willing to go through anything to achieve, basically phase 3 is going to be like, "Oh, you want this? Well, I'm going to just put this little bomb in a bow." <laughs>